Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's Bud Pod 141. One for one, the mantra of the libertarian. One for one. <laughs> well, one for one, one for one, and some for one. Me. <laughs> it's the opposite of one for all and all for one. One for one yeah. and one for one. Yeah, um, not as successful uh, as a group, the Libertarian Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they believed in honor, chivalry, and small government. <laughs> That's why they had those um, sort of fencing sabers. They just thought that they had an individual right to carry around those big swords. <laughs> yeah, a right, to bear, a right to bear sabers. A right to bear sabers, a right to bear goatees and big floppy hats. Yeah, yeah. A right to slash arms. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I remember um, as a kid being confused about whether or not the Three Musketeers and the Scarlet Pimpernel were on, like, what side they were on or why they were supposed to be good. I I have no awareness of the Scarlet Pimpernel. It, I, the Scarlet Pimpernel always sounded to me like a, a red zit, like a spot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I th- well, the reason I was confused is that I knew that Marie Antoinette was like, you know, like, you know, not really, but kid-level knowledge. I knew that she was a mean lady and everyone was poor and had no food, right? So they chopped her head mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, that sounds pretty clear-cut. And uh, nice then, pun. yeah, and then the Scarlet Pimpernel is um, a chivalrous Englishman who rescues French aristocrats. Oh. Oh, right. A bloody bloody remain voter sounds like <laughs> well bloody yeah Europhile. So yeah so he's like on the side of the uh of the old um the Brussels. there of oh, he's on the side of Brussels Pierre <laughs> he's uh he's remoaning about the french revolution <laughs> he thinks it shouldn't have happened uh <laughs> So he was, um, he was like a, a, a nice highwayman. Yeah, he was like a highwayman that was like sort of helping save the Duke of wherever from the mob. Okay, like the Italian mafia. Yes, yeah. I'm just looking up the Three Musketeers. Oh, it's earlier than I thought. It's sort of set in the 1600s. Okay. Okay. So I thought it was another revolutionary one, but it's not. Oh no! Yeah, no. I think I knew it was, it was definitely pre-revolution. Uh, uh, but for me, it's always like, are they connected to the Knights of the Round Table? I always thought, are they like a franchise of the Knights of the Round Table? There's a lot of there's a lot of literature, isn't there, about uh, cool cool guys, cool guys with swords, gang of yeah. fun cool guys. 
Yeah. What um what would your go to uh, weapon be if you were going to be a fun cool guy? <laughs> I think uh, the crossbow, the coward's choice. <laughs> Very nice, yes. And yeah. I'll have loads, cause, so that I didn't have to like reload them. I'll just have loads. Right. Disposable you know crossbows. I mean? Yeah, yeah, and they'd just be slung around my waist. So it, I'd look like I was wearing some sort of Hawaiian skirt. <laughs> but a, a Hawaiian skirt of crossbows. Right, and you'd, you'd just sort of like, uh, you'd have these disposable crossbows just churned out by Sir Jeff of Bezos. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cheap throwaway crossbows um, tied around my waist like a hula skirt. And then uh, if I was ever surrounded, I'd go hulu and I'd spin around and the centripetal fugal force would raise the uh, crossbows and fire them all around me. (laughs) And then at the end, I would say hulu again. I would repeat hulu just so people know What what my vibe is. What if you what if you said hula and then when you stopped and everyone was dead you said hoop? Did I? Oh, why have I been saying hula? I meant hula. <laughs> I've been thinking of the um, the streaming service. Yes, well, uh, yeah, you're, that... a spo- you're a sponsored musketeer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This uh, this murder is brought to you by Hulu. I'd say. <laughs> You 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 backflip through a window and crossbow someone through the heart and then say to everyone else around the table, the U.S. office now available on Hulu, <laughs> and just backflip back that back out again. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe how much of a corporate sh- shill I am now. That um, like corporate co- corporate names, co- the names of companies are replacing words in my in my vocabulary. Yeah, it's a shame that you're not someone's sort of five-year-old kid, so they could do a big tweet about, isn't this scary, guys, parents? <laughs> My son thought it was called a Hulu hoop. And lots of people replying going, didn't happen, didn't yeah. happen. And I'd be like, it did happen, it did, and that'd be my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of things that did happen... Uh, we are very pleased and and um, flattered and in love with uh, how many of you have signed up to the Patreon. Thank you very much. Yes, we are. We, Pierre and I are now our own corporate shills. We've sold out to Big Bud Pod. <laughs> We're in the pocket of Big Bud. <laughs> We're in the pocket of Big Us. We're in our own pockets. We're inside each other's big pockets. <laughs> Yeah, it's like an Escher painting or something. Yeah, it's like um, a snake swallowing its own tail, but kangaroos in their pouches that are each other's yeah. pouch somehow. You know that drawing of the hand that's drawing another hand, but that hand is drawing the first hand? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's us. That's us, but reaching into each other's pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, lovely. But yes, thank, thank you very much. 69. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, the best kind of of sixty nine, sixty nine dollars. <laughs> um, but it's very, very nice, kind, and flattering. Everyone, we hope you enjoyed the bonus uh, material and and the merch when it gets to you. Um, yes, the bonus and... material last week was a very, very spicy convo about mm-hmm. um, Emily Ratajkowski and her, and her book 
uh, my body. And we talked about sexuality, male versus female sexuality. It's all spicy, cancelable stuff, but we'll never get cancelled for it because you have to be a Patreon to access it. <laughs> And the cancelling mob, they don't like to spend too long in one place or, or to commit. It's called nudge theory, Pierre. If you want someone to do something, make it easy. Conversely, if you don't want someone to do something, make it hard. That's we good. don't want people to cancel us, so it's just a little bit harder to access the cancelable material. Yeah, it's like a, it's, a, it's the equivalent of putting up a wall to keep yourself safe, but the wall is only two bricks high. <laughs> And yet, it's a, and it's yet, a trip hazard. It's enough. People don't want, yeah, people don't want to risk a trip hazard. Yeah, they they look at it and they go, well, it's only two bricks high, but everywhere else has no walls, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, but yes, we're very pleased. Thank you very much. Uh, Phil, it is the 7th of December as we are recording this, the 8th as you are listening to it, if you're a keen bean. Are you feeling Christmassy yet? It's beginning to feel somewhat like Christmas. That's the song going through my head. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, it's, it's, uh, it was the early version of that song. Yeah. Um, I, I walk past a, a scribbler today, a card shop, a greetings card shop, and on, on the windows were this, um, stickers of a cheeky Santa Claus mooning everybody. So Ooh. it's just Santa Claus's bare bump. And I thought, wow, how about that? And I, it, it, it made me think of like my first ever trips to the UK, where I would see greetings, like naughty greetings cards. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't, I'd never been aware of. In Malaysia, you don't have naughty greetings cards. You can't have a greetings card where there's a bawdy joke on it, or even like a naked person, a naked drawing of some lame dad cartoon the kind of cartoon that like middle-aged dads find funny um but when i came to the uk I was, and i saw like cheeky christmas cards like mrs claus i don't know getting banged by santa or whatever and you know christmas is yeah. coming early this year i was just some shit like that and i'm like <laughs> wow there are no rules here in the west i was <laughs> astonished i could not believe it i thought we were all about to get arrested every time i saw one yeah, you thought that the Clinton's cards you were in was like a speakeasy. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't everyone wearing sort of tan trench coats and sunglasses with a collars up? <laughs> yeah, why why isn't there a policeman like Rex Banner from The Simpsons tipping a big barrel of these cards into the sewers? <laughs> Getting them off the streets, boys. Getting it off the streets. Um so that would be illegal in Malaysia because of all the presumably extremely strict decency laws. Yes, yes. It would also just be quite... It would be shocking. People wouldn't ever buy them, I don't think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I doubt... Uh, I mean, South Africa isn't legally that restrictive, but people are pretty... pretty. I mean, you know, re- more, they're more religious and more familiarly conservative on average, I would say. Our, our TV has lots of um, senses. Like, we'd be watching an episode of Friends and there would just be some weird jump cut where, like, someone had made out or, like, kissed or something. Or said oh, something... God. Or made, like, a sexual joke. They'd just be like, dunk, this jump. And it'd be oh. Phoebe back at Central Perk talking about something completely different. So you were watching, like, a kind of a head injury version of Friends? 
<laughs> yeah, it'll just be it'll just be uh, Ross leaning into Rachel's face, and then just blunk. Phoebe buying coffee from Gunter, <laughs> and you go. Huh, I wonder what Ross was gonna do to Rachel's face. Maybe she, <laughs> maybe she had some food on it. He's gonna take off. It uh, it had to get censored because he just tried to eat her nose like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, imagine if you presumed it was violent. Um, um, that that is mad. I, I remember my only equivalent is when, as a young kid, we we would we were on holiday in, in Tenerife, and they were like proper just like nudie postcards for sale everywhere. Hmm. Just people well, with, like their, sexy, with their sexy with the gym jams out. Yeah, yeah, just that's photos. something I couldn't believe. I I couldn't believe when I my first trips to the UK, just like the porno mag, because I couldn't believe there were naked ladies. Just like you go to a petrol station, you can buy magazines with naked ladies on it. Yeah, and and uh, and and some crisps <laughs> to put between the pages, like a like a sandwich. <laughs> to give the magazines a bit of crunch give it some texture for god's sake yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want it to be all mag no. no 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 that would be awful a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. VIP lounge of the Patreon. Um, uh, don't worry, you'll never have to pay to hear my messages. Um, Marjorie is um, my, my name. Marjorie is my name, and I am an equal. I think I I'm for I'm for I'm for free. I'm for free. I'm for free, and um, I'm also calling because I'm here in the VIP area of the Patreon. Um. There was a sign for the loose, and so I followed it. And um, I left my coat with a with a nice lady who looked like I would I would I trusted her not to steal a coat. Anyway, I went and I walked and I followed the signs, and um, the, I, down a corridor that was too long, and tiled on the roof as well, which I thought was weird. Anyway, and now I'm standing in front of some doors, and then not the toilets have got funny names, and one uh, says Podbuds. And the other says bud pods, and then one says um, pistorians, and then one says um, uh, one says uh, uh, caballeros, uh, which is Spanish for cabals, and and then one says um, red riding hoods, and I just I don't know 
I don't understand. Is it that they're all just normal toilets that are one toilet and these are silly names? Or is it that there are this many different categories that people sort themselves into upon entry? Or is it a free-for-all? I didn't want to get in trouble. I'm not supposed to be in here. Yeah, it is kind of mind-blowing. I, I wonder if kids these days, Phil, you know, these days, the kids. Uh, um, not these days, kids. Uh, I know. I hate these that, days, kids. They're not like, th- yes, they're not like back in the days, kids. I prefer back <laughs> in the days, kids. But these days, kids are inferior. That's right, exactly. Um, every generation is somehow inferior to the previous one, and yet things keep improving. Anyway, it's baffling. It's so it's weird. I don't know how, yeah. Things are always better a couple of decades ago, but materially speaking, they're always better in the present. It doesn't make sense, Pierre. <laughs> it's one. It's one for the uh, physicists at CERN, not like the old physicists, um, <laughs> like Einstein, like the ones I've heard of. Um, the, um, but uh, do you think kids these these days they have anything like that, or do they just like the second they get a smartphone, just a, a fire hose of porn is just jetted into their face? It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I think your sense of um, scandal depends on the context in which you see the material. And yes. if I, right, if you saw a naked lady while you're on your own on the internet, you go, well, this is just the internet. But if you saw a naked lady in a public space and other with other people around to see the naked lady with you, you go, oh, wow, what, there's a naked lady here. What's going on? Because your settings have changed. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And I wonder, like, if the kids these days, if they stumbled across some naughty postcards on holiday, they'd find them sort of hilariously quaint, like someone had bothered to print out a load of GIFs. I also wonder, you know, it's all, it's, all, it's sort of become um, assumed common knowledge that kids these days are, are, the, are the most sexually jaded of any generation. But... It feels to me like you're less likely to literally stumble upon porn on the internet now than 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 when we were young. Oh, you mean in the sort of like early noughties Wild West internet? Yeah, Wild West internet. You you would just you'd literally like go on Yahoo.com to look up Gundam models, <laughs> yeah. um, and and then suddenly you'd be like, "Wanna see this?" And I'd just be like a big old pussy in front of you and there's a, a coloured star that changes colour. Yes, um, yeah, literal pop-ups. Literal pop-ups. You go, oh, jeez, I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. I feel like the day of the, the infinite pop-up is sort of gone. Yeah. And, it, and so I feel like maybe kids actually don't accidentally see as much stuff as we accidentally saw. Until the, the, TikTok. And now, like, with TikTok, kids can accidentally see like executions and fucking self-harm and this is when i sound like a such a, this is the, this is the most i ever sound like an old fuck now is when i talk about tiktok but it's honestly the most unhinged shit i've ever seen just looking at someone else's tiktok yeah i've watched someone else's tiktok for a bit and it reminded me of like um those like necronomicon books where the the, the binding of the book is a load of moving faces <laughs> like screaming spirits. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're, yeah. they're like trying to get out the book, like like stretching the cover. Oh, great! That's what it kind of felt like because every video was incredibly loud and incredibly busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
it was just like having a window into a realm where people need your attention or they'll die. And the amount of information they have to pack into like one shot. So there's stuff, there's sound, visuals, and text all coming together to relay as much information about what's going on in the video as, as soon as possible. So, so you know, like, TikTok can, can convey like as much meaning in one second as an old video would in a minute, I feel. And like uh, uh, emojis as kind of hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's an interpretive element to it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a terrifying thing, and it's it it's it's popular enough now that old fucks like you and me are considering whether or not they should get on it. But I don't I'm know. Not it seems like a lot it. of work. You're considering it. I've never yeah, ever I'm considered it. it. I'm never going to do it. You and you heard it here first. And if I ever do decide <laughs> to go on TikTok, you know what? I'll ask Pierre to delete this bit. So <laughs> there. And I'll do it. <laughs> oh I'll do it and I'll film uh, myself doing it on TikTok and I'll dub in some trending music as indicated by the algorithm and then I'll um, I'll do a jump and my clothes will change <laughs> was it you who was saying it or maybe I, I heard it on one of my many Radio 4 programs but TikTok has like the most advanced algorithm of any social yeah. media platform because they, because China just has no privacy laws, so they yeah. were able to like test this stuff out on the population of China w- without any tethers. Yeah, they could just com- they could go in on the Chinese population completely raw and yeah. just fuck all the information out of them in a way that is absolutely not legal in the rest of the world. Yeah, and now they're using that e- that sort of illegally obtained tech. An insight onto our soft Western minds with our rules. Onto our, onto our clean, our... our clean internet pipes. Yeah, God, we're sitting ducks. We're sitting ducks. So I yeah. won't do it. I won't. I won't expose myself to that level of algorithm. Do you think? Do you think they believe the algorithm is powerful enough that with enough like um, prank and dancing videos, we just start to go? I don't know. I've been feeling kind of more neutral towards genocide lately. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's the dancing videos talking, but maybe it's fine. What an <laughs> algorithm. How powerful. A powerful prank video algorithm. So, no. I, um, I think Instagram is as far as I'm going to take it. Unless they bring Vine back. Yeah, that would be cool. Other, I Vine, love Vine. Vine. Vine is like uh, Vine is like the nice wizard, isn't it? Compared to TikTok's evil wizard. Yeah, he's like Richard Lionheart in <laughs> um, in Robin Hood. He's like, wait till Richard Lionheart comes back, and it was like Lionheart's not coming back. And then <laughs> at the end, Lionheart turns up, and and he's so nice, he's so nice, and he fixes yes. everything. And in every version where Lionheart turns back up again, he's sort of unspeakably handsome and he's kind of gl- glows gold. Like, he's very Christ-like. Yeah. Like he's an actual lion mixed with Jesus. Yeah. He's a sexy Aslan man. Mm. Yeah. And he'll kill TikTok with a big sword. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. 
Um, so it, in in summary, you do feel Phil mildly Christmassy. I feel mildly Christmassy. Mm. Um, of of course, it's not Christmas until a new COVID variant uh, truly overwhelms our health system. And so you know, it's yes. still a couple of weeks before you know before that that new Coca Cola truck arrives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Macron's a common. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, a big um. A big magic truck drives through the town and everyone is out watching it and they start coughing as it drives past. <laughs> That's about right. Oh, Macron's a coming. Oh, Macron's a coming. Oh, Macron's a coming. No, the strain of COVID. Um, um, I, 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 have you been following... Uh, uh, you seen this in the news, Pierre? Um, <laughs> the, the old um, uh, Tory secret... Uh, Christmas party that happened last Ooh. year that definitely didn't happen, but that if it did happen, they definitely followed the rules. But it the didn't happen, so they didn't need to. Party, the forbidden Christmas party. I have been following it, and what I like about it is that it so clearly happened because <laughs> the journalists are asking astonishingly specific questions about it, like. On the radio, I heard Sajid Javid and I heard um, Therese Coffey and all these people. The journalists were saying questions like, so you're saying there was no Christmas party at number 10? And they were like, well, you know, I don't, I don't recognize the allegation. And they were like, so you're saying that there was no Christmas party where these people and this members of staff and it was in this building, that, that type of party, that didn't happen. Like, they might as well have been going like, and you're saying no one put on a yellow hat and sang a song. You're saying that didn't happen? <laughs> And the canapes that were served were smoked had smoked salmon on a potato blini with Tabasco or no Tabasco. Well, no party happened. But if it did, it, it was no Tabasco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so, it's so clearly something that people have found out about um, and they're going to be massively in trouble for. I mean, I don't know why it took a year for them to... Like, who's been sitting on this, Phil? Who's been sitting on this spicy little bomb? Well, because it, it, in, in this sort of thing, it needs a leak from someone in government who has a close yeah. relationship to someone in the press. Yeah. And maybe it just took this long for someone who was at the party or near the party to get annoyed enough with with the party to, to leak it. Or maybe they wanted yeah. to wait until Christmas was back to leak it so they would have more weight and have more meaning. Yeah, very like uh, a real. Uh, uh, it's a great callback. Yes, it's a perfect callback, and the it's start a of a new Christmas back. tradition. But the, where this the leaker has an eye for tradition, and um, for that I applaud them. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I can you imagine the 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 sordid thrill of forbidden politics Christmas? <laughs> forbidden number ten Christmas. I, I think it was just civil servants, though. I wish I wish it had been MPs, because then we'd I think we'd have more p- powers to find out. What oh, really? Up to. Do you think there wasn't anyone any any of like the the top suit of the the card deck there, the the, the king of spades or anything of government? They weren't there. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I mean, maybe they holding on to that until more dribbles out and they can go. And you know who gave permission for the party? Joris Bonson himself. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Um, Do you think they're going to ban Christmas again? 
Um, I I don't think so. No, I think it's such political anathema that um, it would, and we're just we're nowhere near in the vulnerable position we were last year. Yeah, and so far, Omicron does not seem to induce a more significant illness than previous strains. Yeah. And we're at pretty high levels of some immune response to it in the UK. Um, so, I don't know. I would be surprised. I would be surprised yeah. if that happened. And also, I mean, uh, what's, it, what's the word that means how much people go along with it? Compliance? Compliance. Compliance is, would be a fraction of what it is last year. What yeah, whereas if they if they did a lockdown starting from like New Year's Day when everyone's hungover, I think compliance would be like a hundred percent. Yeah, because people fucking yeah. hate <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, there there've been, there been times in the last couple of months where I was sort of begging for a new lockdown. I was just like, please, <laughs> I just need some time on my own. Leave me alone, everyone, please. <laughs> Uh, we all enjoyed lockdown one, and then two and three came along. I I I hated lockdown one. Um, Did you? Lock, lockdown three was my favorite. I loved lockdown three. Really? But it depends on your personal situation. You know, lockdown one was really. I I was with my sister. You know, and she's great. But we were just trapped in the flat in London. It was, it was very lonely. And lockdown three, I spent a lot with my girlfriend. We. Um, you know, got to stay in you know together in more like pleasant surrounds. I think it, and, and yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of people got to do that in the first lockdown. Whereas I was yes. really really good in the first lockdown. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go back to my my mum, which I was apparently supposed to do as a privately educated middle class person in her thirties. Um, <laughs> I did not know we were allowed to do that, so I stayed. Um, because I literally thought I I would get her sick and kill her. You know, I thought I I it felt like it was literally in the air as you stepped out of the house, COVID back then. Yeah, and yeah, and London was the COVID hub of the UK at the time. And yes, that's true. I think I enjoyed lockdown bad. one more because I I had or was having or already had COVID, so maybe I was more like, uh, well, I'm yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. sure I'm immune for at least a bit. So let's go to the shops carefully. <laughs> You're an early adopter. I was an early adopter. I was in there, you know, like uh, queuing up for the iPhone, but with a terrible disease. <laughs> Although it did take a while for me to confirm or deny that I had it, because I never had the cough. That was the problem. The telltale cough. Well, yeah, the thing is, I the cough is not that common a symptom, I don't think. Actually. Well, yeah, but at the start, it was, uh, if you don't have the, if, if you're not coughing, don't yeah. come a-knocking. Yeah, yeah, that was the rhyme that, that we all made to learn, yeah. That was a ploy. Um, well, speaking of knocking coughs, Phil, let's do some correspondence. <laughs> knocking coughs sounds like a euphemism for having sex, but with a sick <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah, hey, have you guys been uh, <laughs> knocking coughs? <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's when you have sex with someone who's tested positive for COVID, even knocking coughs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay, 
Great, let's do it. Ring letters, emails, emails, phone letters, correspondence. Just to uh, uh, so we got a message uh, here from. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll just read it out and then I'll say who it's from. Okay. Uh, just to clear something up that your most recent guest Stuart Laws broke, uh, brought up. Peckham doesn't count as Cockney. You can see on this map. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there's a map and he says, uh, Due to noise pollution, the sound of the bow bells carry not as far anymore. So there is a narrow range for true oh, Cockneys. interesting. Could it be, Pierre, that the Cockneys are an endangered species? Definitely. Definitely. Their natural um, habitat is being narrowed. Yes, that's it. They're considered under threat by the UN, I'd imagine. Um, yeah. They're being deforested in bow. That's it. We, we need to get some breeding pairs of cockneys and reintroduce them. <laughs> um, oh, they're, they're terrible in the livestock, Pierre. You don't want to do that. Yeah, they're the farmers won't farmers. like it. The farmers won't like it, but it's got to be done. Um, he says, uh, please don't book guests who know shit all in the future. Father's <laughs> answer uh, from Stuart Laws. <laughs> that's from Stuart himself. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> uh, self-destruction in a nutshell. That's right. Classic Cockney move. Um, let's see. Boo, boo, boo. Do you think you... We've we've met a few Cockneys, I thought, but I, I, I think imagine... That, I think, sorry, I think that makes you the first ever person to be a guest and then a correspondent. Ooh, yes. I think That's Stu has just made Bud Pod history. Yeah. He's made pistory. Yes, he has made pistory, hasn't he? Gosh. <laughs> He's made this pistory is a, this in his is own a, image. This is a pistoric moment, Pierre. Um, you know, so someone said a... someone someone said that uh, the the '90s marked the the end of history. I think this has shown them to be wrong. It, they were foolish to declare it. Yeah, what's the guy's they name again? Japanese guy, Japanese historian, wasn't it? Was it Murakami? Murakami, the novelist. I think it's Murakami. Yes, the end of history. I thought it was Francis Fukuyama. Fukuyama, who's Murakami? Yeah. He's um, a novelist. He wrote Norwegian Wood. He's the writer. I'm getting my Japanese people confused. Norwegian Wood. When you get an erection in Oslo. Norwegian Wood. (laughs) Um, Anu gets in touch. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. It's a new chorus, a news correspondence, and I'm feeling yes. good. That's right, that's right. We're all uh, always feels good to get here from uh, from Anu. Uh, hello, f- hello, Philartridge in a pear tree. <laughs> that's lovely. Very nice. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I'm a rookie bud podder introduced by Smelly Emily, the first official founding farter. Oh, wow. More pistory. Yep. 
from episode 35, apparently. Goodness me. Yes, the first founding farter. Almost Um, prehistoric those days. Pre... Um, who is uh, introduced by Smelly Emily, the first official founding farter from episode 35, who wiped her bum by sliding, sliding down a hill while on DV. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember yes. Smelly Emily. How yes. yes. Um, I'm now on episode 41, and your pooey tales are getting me through my masters. Lovely. Wonderful. Um, I live with Smelly Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the name Smelly Emily, Emily is really getting me today, but it is. <laughs> it's it's really funny. Wow. Okay. So this this it's a Bud Pod house. They live in a they live young in lady. This is a Bud Pod household. Yes, Smelly Emily. Right. This is a Bud Pod household. This is the the house that Pooh's built, uh, as will become clear. Oh wow. Um, she says, "I live with Smelly Emily." Um. So we've got, I've gotten quite familiar with her ablutions. We enjoy discussing our poos at length, often accompanied with vivid analyses of texture, size, and hue. Wow, okay, this is going pretty far. This is going yeah. further than even I'd go. Yeah, these people are relishing it. So you'll understand my disappointment when I discovered that smelly Emily not only febrezes, but bleaches the toilet <laughs> after every expulsion. Bleaches? Scorched well, earth. <laughs> Nothing happened here. <laughs> you saw nothing. <laughs> Just talking to the sink. You saw yeah. nothing. As uh, pouring in the bleach and saying, in a thousand years, people will question if there was ever a turd here. <laughs> like Carthage, salting the earth. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> So that's how girls do it. I always wondered why there was no trace of anything ever having happened in a toilet. Of how toilets smell better after a girl's done a dump in it. Secrets. Girl secrets, bleach and Febreze. Yes. Less the, the technique the, is the, out. Less secret and more secret with the ladies. Ooh. Um, the only other way to get perfect no-smell Pops is probably to sort of do it through a laminator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so that all your poops are like Han Solo in Star Wars when he gets <laughs> frozen in the yes. <laughs> like, and it makes Just... like a little screaming face. <laughs> <laughs> Just immediately sealed perfectly in plastic. <laughs> Blush. Maybe that's what they I, do with um, people who are famous and rich enough. Maybe that's what happens to like Oprah and Bill Gates. I was gifted by my good friend Elsa a little um, uh, toilet uh, poopy smell uh, dropper. Mm. Like it's a pipette um, that dips into this uh, liquid of nice smelling liquid. Uh, dips into this nice smelling liquid, and you unscrew it and you pull the pipette, pipette out after you've done a, a plop. And you yeah. drip, drip, drip into the toilet bowl, and it's a nice scent that covers up the poopy odor. Ooh, I see. Mm. I know what you mean. I get it. And uh, are you a, do you remember to use it? Do you bother? It's the kind of thing I would enjoy having, but I would forget to ever really do. If I'm if I leave something that's particularly offensive, I go, oh, I'll use Elsa's gift, and I, I'll drip, drip, drop. Um, but I put it in the guest bathroom because I think that's where it's most necessary. 
you know, yes, it, I that's think the that's one true. that is most likely to cause embarrassment. The guest yeah, party. and and you want the them to one look with at it. Traffic. Yeah, yeah, you want them to look at it and think, "Oh, thank God," or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I think that's yeah. That's that's a good host. That's a good host. Um. Well, so so this is a point of contention, Phil, because. Um, you will understand my disappointment uh, when I discovered Smelly Emily for breezes and bleaches, leaving not even the faintest whiff of her activities. I, on the other hand, cannot stand the smell of a Febreze poo. <laughs> yeah, um, there, there is something especially noxious about the marriage of a synthetic yes. nice smell and a shit that's definitely still there, but is now mixing in with, I don't know, citrus, lemon... Yeah, or whatever the or, or whatever the fragrance is, it, it can make yes. it all the worse in a way. It can smell like someone's shat in a, a laundry basket. <laughs> exactly. Um, Anu says, "I take great pride in my stench, and I refuse to pollute it with fresh cotton." <laughs> <laughs> the bowl is not there to be respected, but dominated. <laughs> One brown beating at a time. (laughs) That's really funny. Dominated. The bowl is not there to be respected, but dominated. (laughs) (laughs) So they're basically... Anu and Smelly Emily are, are, are they're enacting sort of good cop, bad cop situation on this toilet. Yeah. Where Emily, Emily will come in and go, I'm sorry about my friend. He's crazy. He's crazy. And then like sprays the toilet and look, look, like, do you need anything? Let me get you a coffee. And then yeah. Anu comes in and goes, fucking tell me where the money is. And he just starts beating the, sh- beating the shit out of him onto it. Yes, and flicks a cigarette in the bowl. <laughs> like, puts it out on the cistern. Like, yes. Yeah. Spill it. Um, and he says, I of course flush, I of course flush, and I toilet brush away any skidders. I'm not an animal. Oh, good, good, nice. good. Um, which brings me to my question, what is your stance on poo etiquette or poopy cat? Keep on jacking it. Warm, pooey regards, Anu. Thank you, Anu. A lovely email, a really good email. It's um, it's obviously a, a a very strong poopy lineage. This household of Anu and and Smelly Emily. Yes. Uh, toilet etiquette. I think, yeah. I mean, well, it depends on the toilet again. If, if it's an dropper. ensuite, if look, if it's an ensuite, that is your castle. That is for you to stink up as much as you like. Yeah. Don't even what? Don't even clean it. I'd say. Don't even have a toilet brush in there. Don't even wipe your ass. But if it's <laughs> if it's the shared toilet or a guest bathroom, yeah, put in some poopy droplets for people who who need to cover up the old the any stench. I still haven't got toilet brushes. Is this gross? The only toilet brush in my house currently is in the ensuite, and it is the one that was left behind by the previous tenants. 
You've got a legacy loo brush. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a trusty yeah. old butler who has served everyone in this house <laughs> for the last 50 years and knows all its secrets. <laughs> I've, got, what I've if, got a legacy toilet brush. What if it was like um, the, the matron woman from Rebecca and the toilet brush is sort of gaslighting you into thinking you're not as good at shitting? <laughs> the previous master would have covered the bowl and shit, sir. <laughs> Uh, oh, stop going on. <laughs> Leave me be, won't you? That's you, leaving the loo in tears. The previous master would give that porcelain such a brown beating. <laughs> better I, days, sir. Better days. I, I do fear you are making it soft, sir. <laughs> the previous master, there was a man who knew how to treat a bowl. Um, what's my etiquette? Uh, I would say avoid, avoid, avoiding, avoiding stench. Maybe, maybe when I lived with, with, uh, with, with men, when I lived among men, it would have been different, but I've become civilized now, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So have you had to, have you had to sort of de-stench your life since moving, since your, your gal, your girlfriend moved in? I just, uh, just, uh, poo straight into the laminator. Yeah. Yeah. Straight into um, the laminator, and then I uh, leave the house with it, and I pop it in one of the public bins. I I, I would buy like a shredder and just shit into that, <laughs> <laughs> and then dump the shreds into the toilet bowl. And then and then anyone who sees the toilet bowl full of shreds is like, "Well, we think he did a shit, but it's impossible to know." <laughs> it would take days to put this back together. <laughs> <laughs> Sella taking it back together like in <laughs> like what's that movie with Ben Affleck oh um, uh, would Argo. have to escape Iran Argo yeah yeah yes, yeah yeah <laughs> um, we'll quickly we'll quickly do uh, uh, one last email here and it is from a horse horse a horse yeah, well, his, his Twitter name is... He signed it off Horse. I have his real name here, but his, on Twitter, he's a, his first name is Horse. H-O-R-S-E, Horse. Horse, yeah. It's not his real name. It must be a nickname. Okay. So, um, he's, the subject line's quite funny. It's, yeah, it's very good, yes. Which I think is a, <laughs> a you catchphrase, maybe. Yeah, it's very good, yes. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah I guess it is. Um, so, Horse says, Dear Sen- Senatus Pierre Polusque Rowangus. Wow, do you know what that means? I think he's addressing us as if we were collectively one Roman senator. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that happens. But I'm not sure what the reference is if it's to a specific senator. I'm not that clued up. Um, Forward. There's a forward. Mm -hmm. Because Horseville is none other than the person whose review of the podcast that he submitted to The Guardian got us in their list of 50 funny podcasts. Oh, well, thank you so much, horse. That was greatly appreciated. Yeah. What a um, good horse you are. What a fine steed. More apples um, and sugar cubes for this horse. <laughs> horse says, It has come to my attention that a short review I did on a whim for The Guardian has been featured in a list of 50 funny podcasts. I am not anything to do with any form of media. I am a bridge engineer, and not a very oh. good one at that. Wow, a bridge engineer. How cool. 
And not a very good one, he says, which is I bold. I love a bridge. I wasn't very good uh, at... Oh, no, I was fine at bridges. I think I, I think I was. I, I did. I made a, built a cantilever that got quite a low mark because me and my partner, um, we, uh, we over-engineered it. Um, used the beams that were just too thick and strong, not necessarily in wasted material. Anyway, ah. I used to dredge up the past. Ah, the cantilever that could. <laughs> the cantilever that could have been. Yeah. So, Horst uh, says, uh, I completed an online form on the Guardian website, which was gobbled up by the Guardian. I was forewarned oh. that they may want to include it, but never believed it would actually occur. The response I received from the journalist putting the article together suggested that they may abbreviate some elements, but largely retain the sentiments of the few lines that I wrote. Um... The submission he wrote was Bud Pod with Phil Wang and Pianovelli. The comedic duo cover a broad range of topics of discussion, including current affairs, tat found on Facebook Marketplace, adults pooping themselves, the Myanmar coup, life after colostomy bags, and public school boys starting a chicken fist nightclub. Yep. With emphasis on adults pooping and tat intertwined with skits, listeners' tales of digestive blunders, and generally interesting chat, the podcast is a wonderful thing, a real silly goose time. Wonderful. Glowing review. So nice. Really nice. That was really good of you. Uh, and from a personal perspective, I particularly enjoyed the whole idea of someone in a major media outlet l- sitting down to listen to the Shat Her Own Pussy story. <laughs> ah, yes, the Nadir. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, it's exactly the kind of sex-positive story those those draft dodgers at The Guardian would love, so <laughs> yes. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, and Horse has included uh, a poop story. Lovely. Lovely, and being a horse, I'm sure he has some pretty good ones. (laughs) So, uh, he says, I am a rower. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, I'm a rower, and as part of that, I compete at the Henley Royal Regatta. Gosh, wow. Yeah. Which he says, uh, is every bit as white and elitist as you might imagine. Good. Good. We won it. We won it. (laughs) We won it. Um... On my second time competing at the regatta, I was having something of a nervous episode. I felt I had completely forgotten how to row. My Mm. stomach was in pieces, and my appetite for any kind of cooked food had disappeared completely. Mm. Strange. Mm. While at the event, which entails five days of racing in a a 1v1 knockout format, I was living on a diet of watermelon, rice krispies, and dirolite. Fucking hell. Yeah. How is your body even, like functioning yeah on the third day of the regatta it became fairly obvious that my bonnie bowel was bonnie no more Mm. while preparing to go out as a crew for a pre-paddle a short up and down uh, the course before racing later in the day i was stretching the boat tent where i was was filling up with the likes of multiple multi-olympic medal winners and athletes from the world's most prestigious clubs my already fragile state was worsening at the sight of competitors and I, uh, as I stretched and loosened my body. It was while sitting in the squatted position that I almost completely filled my lycra rowing suit with diarrhoea. <laughs> the, t- the tight cuffs around my thighs meant that rather than falling down my legs, it filled upwards towards my waist. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Yes. Like a bowl. Like a bowl. Like a bowl of he soup. Was, it was a human soup bowl. Um, Gosh. He says, the texture was that of a thick yogurt, loosely mixed with a warm <laughs> oh, no. pint of piss. 
No, oh, horrible, horrible. The Naughty liquid horse, component, bad horse. Yeah. <laughs> the liquid component se- se- uh, was seeping through the lycra, dripping onto the grass as I excused my way past the great and the good of the international rowing community to the toilet. <laughs> no. Once. <laughs> Once in a cubicle, I removed as much feces as possible from myself, my clothing, and the toilet seat, got changed into spare kit, and headed out onto the water, making as little eye contact as possible. <laughs> Later that day, we raced and got absolutely skull-fucked by some Americans and were knocked out of the competition. Koji, horse. Goodness. Well, sorry to hear that, horse. And actually, sorry to hear that you didn't have your diarrhea later on during the race, when presumably they could have dipped your ass over the edge and used you as a sort of propeller system. Yes, yes, or to, at the very least uh, dipped your ass over the edge like a kind of uh, a ship's cannon and fired your diarrhea at the Americans. <laughs> like Master and Commando or something. <laughs> I think well, it's incredible thank you very much. To, to row like at that, at that uh, level on a diet of watermelon and rice cakes. Implausible and, and mad. Yeah. Implausible and mad. You don't want to be the Viet Cong of, of rowing. <laughs> Just living on a single bowl of rice a day. Thank you, um, Thank well, you for thank that you. great email and for the Guardian review. Yes, thank you very much. I think we've, we thanked you on Twitter at the time, but God damn it, we'll thank you again. Um, and uh, they, well, the time the time has come to say goodbye till next week, listeners. And and, and Phil, uh, I will see you in the VIP lounge. Yes, um, see all you other patrons in the VIP lounge, where P and I will discuss some more heaty subjects. Uh, the the Patreon is still available to join and always will be. So please do sign up for one of our tiers and get access to some exclusive stuff. But until Absolutely. next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.